Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lay the Points podcast. I am your host, Kendall Caps, alongside, of course, Jordan Chirot. Jordan, we are just one day away from the start Mm -hmm. of the NFL season. I'm actually going to be at the game in person, 35-yard line, top deck, but still, I am stoked. I'm rearing and ready to go, man. Football is back, finally. So, uh, yeah, big, big, big game tomorrow. And I'm so jealous of you, man. Like, just to be there, it must be so much you know so exciting i'm jealous yeah i'm very eager we're actually going to go hit top golf which is in el segundo not too far away from the stadium have some lunch there pre-game a little bit and then hit up the stadium and go take it in and what's interesting is i'm going with a big bills fan and a big rams fan Mm. which should be a really fun dynamic as Mm -hmm. someone that's not particularly attached to either team so i kind of just get to go and enjoy and watch the game so it should be a lot of fun Nice. Well, we'll get a little bit into that in your Kendall's corner because I know you have some nuggets on that game. Um, but today we're going to jump into uh, the AFC North over unders. Let's go ahead and start with the Cincinnati Bengals. They are over under at nine and a half. What are your thoughts on them? You know, so the the betting public likes the over with them coming off the Super Bowl, and a lot of people aren't believers of the Super Bowl hangover because this team is young and talented and and was within minutes of winning the Super Bowl. But their their schedule is is kind of difficult. I mean, understandably so when you win your division and, and you do what they did last year. Um, but they got the AFC East this year as the division they draw, so at least they avoid the West. And the NFC South, which is relatively weak, uh, they're going to play at Buffalo, at Tennessee, and at Dallas as their other three games. So it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, but I, I definitely agree with the betting public that that this team should be able to win 10 games maybe 11 and go back to the playoffs and probably win this division um, or at the very least they will contend for the division with the next team that we're going to talk about so it's it's hard to to like the under to think that they're only going to go nine and eight you'll get slightly better than even money but you know I'm not bullish either way but if I had to lay my money I would take the over how about you I feel pretty good about the Bengals winning at least uh, 10 games this year. I think they uh, they improved. You know, one of their biggest weaknesses last year was their offensive line. And, you know, like yep. they boosted their offensive line, got a new center and a right tackle and a right guard. So it's definitely going to give uh, Joe Burrow uh, time to to find his dynamic receivers uh, with uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and um, Tyler Boyd. Like, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, very – you know, Higgins and Boyd are very good wide receivers outside of Jamar Chase as well, because I know he gets all the attention. So, um, yeah. Well, Higgins I, quietly actually had more targets than Chase last year and had mm-hmm. a very, very good year. Just most people, like you said, Chase drew all the attention. But not only did they go get three new offensive linemen, they got three really good offensive linemen. They got right. Ted Karras, the center from New England, who was a stalwart for a couple of years there. Alex Kappa, the pro bowler from Tampa Bay, and Lyle Collins, from Dallas, which I know a lot of Cowboys fans were hating on him. And he, he, you know, he was inconsistent at times. But considering what Cincinnati was working with last year, it's still an upgrade for them. So, like, it's a massive difference on that offensive line. And it's rare that you see a team lose a Super Bowl, have a very clear deficiency on that. Remember, going into the Super Bowl, 
everyone knew that that was the matchup. Can they block the Rams up front? Ultimately, they couldn't, and it cost them the game. And rarely do you see a team immediately say, all right, we're going to spend and fix that need right now. And they did that at the beginning of free agency. It was really impressive to see them go out and, and fix that. So I agree. There's, there's not much of a reason to be pessimistic on the Bengals this year. Yeah, you know, like, and you could argue that they might have the the, the three best tandem wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, those yep. two guys together, I mean, that's a pretty good argument. And don't forget about Joe Mixon. I mean, that guy is always consistent, puts up over a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns every year. So kind of depending on how their defense is this year, I think that their offense is going to be one of the best in the league. And I could easily see them winning um, at least 10 games and uh, the division. So I like them for sure. Yeah. Well, interestingly, so their line was at nine and a half. Vegas actually has Baltimore winning the division. Their over and over under is ten and a half. And if you like the over, you'll actually get even money. So there's not a ton of people that are willing to go with the over here. Um, what are your thoughts? I don't know about Baltimore. I mean, they lost they lost uh, their number one wide receiver, uh, Marquise Brown, to the Cardinals. I know. Um, Lamar Jackson uh, has the contract issues. I don't know how that's going to affect his play. I'm it probably won't affect it most. I mean, like a lot, but it'll still be in the back of his mind. Be like people are getting paid. Russell Wilson just got an extension. Well, how come I am not getting paid? And it's kind of weird how they haven't. Like I'm sure they're trying to make him like the highest paid quarterback, probably or the most guaranteed money for a quarterback. So that takes a lot of time. Um, I mean, they were dismantled with the injuries last year. Um, yep. So. I think if they're healthy, they always have a good defense. They've got a really good coach. It just depends. Um, I know they really like to run the football a lot, so it just depends if they're, you know, J.K. Dobbins can stay healthy. Gus Edwards comes back, and he can give them a, a lift. Um, it's a big number. I mean, it's, it's yeah. easy to see why you have to lay a little bit on the under. Mm -hmm. It will be difficult in general, and I think health is probably their – their biggest bugaboo, you know, like you said, last year, they, they were crushed by injuries in preseason before the season even began. They lost both their running backs and their starting corner. And then they lost a few other guys on defense in the first couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, Gus Edwards is already on the PUP list and he's gone at least the first four weeks. A video was released recently of J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins at practice, clearly limping. And then when he responded to someone who pointed that out on Twitter. He responded with like, what are you talking about? I'm not limping. I mean, if you watch the video, it's pretty obvious that he was limping. Now, granted, right. it could have just been one random little thing. Who knows? But he is injury prone. So it's certainly a question mark. But interesting, last year, despite the injuries, they started eight and three and then lost their final six games. And because that division was so competitive, they actually finished last. So that means they get a last place schedule. So they get to play the Jaguars and the Giants this year. Um, and then as well as the Falcons, the Saints, the Jets, uh, the Patriots, who I'm not high on this year, as we'll get mm -hmm. to. Like, they have a lot of really, really winnable games against some defenses that are pretty bad. Um, and even though Marquise Brown left town, I like Rashad Bateman a lot. I think he, I think they knew what they had in him when they let Brown go. Uh, and Brown was kind of a one-trick pony, and I feel like Rashad Bateman – has a lot more route running ability. He can run almost any route in the route tree, whereas Brown's more of a go receiver. Um, so, and they still have uh, Mark Andrews over the middle. That's going to soak up a ton of targets. And like I said, the defense should be good. So 
this is another one where it's it's really difficult because overall I like this Ravens team a lot and I could absolutely see them winning 11 maybe even 12 games considering the schedule that they're looking at mm-hmm. but I'm not sold on the health of the team and because of because of that this is another one where I'm fading I, I'm too hesitant I don't like going either way yep I agree I, I'm just gonna kind of stay away I, I'm not confident at all um, but other teams in, in this division, let's go to Cleveland. Their over-under is eight and a half. And I looked at this several times, this number. Um, it's tricky because Deshaun Watson's going to be out uh, the first 11 games with his suspension. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett will be taking the reins for the team. Um, until then, I, I think the Browns are going to be a disappointment this year, um, even when Deshaun Watson comes back. I just think with the whole, you know, like his whole legal issues and everything, I think, I don't think he's going to come back. Too much of a cloud and, hanging over the team. I think it's too much of a cloud hanging over the team. And I think the Browns are not going to be very good, even though they have a very good defense and they have a very good running game. I just think that um, Jacoby Brissett might, might win them like three, four games maybe like during that stretch, but I just think they're going to struggle. I, I I think, you know, teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati are going to steamroll them. And uh, even the Steelers, like I like the Steelers better, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not high on the Browns. I think the uh, cloud of, of Deshaun Watson this year is, is just not going to be good for the team uh, morale. Um, maybe it'll be better next year when it kind of, the dust settles a little bit, but um, yeah, I like them fin- finishing last. And uh, I, I would take the under. I mean, a lot of people do. The under, currently, it's minus 160 to take the under. So the betting public is hammering the under and doesn't like this team at all for all the same reasons that you just said. Um, but knowing I can get plus 135 on the over, they were 8-9 and nine last year, and they didn't have Watson all year. They had Baker Mayfield playing with a torn labrum and God knows what else all season, which was obviously atrocious, and it hurt their passing game quite significantly. And they bring in Amari Cooper, who's the best receiver that they've had in years, including OBJ, because he was never really healthy. Um, and even when he was, he did he wasn't the same guy that we saw for a couple of weeks last season with the Rams. And so they have they have a solid receiver finally who's healthy. And we know what their running game is going to present. We know the defense is legit. And then also, when you look at their schedule again, they get the Falcons, they get uh week one, the Panthers, which is one heck of an interesting matchup now with everything that's gone on with Baker heading over to Carolina. Um, they get the Jets, they get the Patriots. And then interestingly, they drew Tampa and New Orleans at home. If those were on the road, I think you could chalk both of those up as losses. But with them having them at home in New Orleans, I believe is later in the season when they have Deshaun Watson back. Um, and, and I think when he comes back, this whole team I mean, they had a damn near playoff roster last season and didn't have a quarterback, and they won't have one again until week 11. But if they won eight games without him last year, and then they get him back for the final six games this year, knowing I can get plus 135 if I'm going to lean one way, I actually would rather go that way, and maybe they go 9-8. and eight. I still don't think they're a playoff team because of the conference that they're in. Um, but laying 160 for a team that's that talented, I just can't quite you know, lay one and a half times my money uh, knowing how, how talented this team is. But there's no doubt in my mind that you're right. Like it could implode and they could go four and 13 very easily. Um, I just don't want to bet against that much talent, but you referenced 
a team that you liked a lot more, and that's the final team in the division, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So their line's sitting at seven and a half, and that's kind of noteworthy because they have not finished under 500 with Mike Tomlin as their head coach. He's been there, what, 16 years now, and they are 15 years, and they've never finished under 500. There's 17 games in the schedule with an over-under at seven and a half. That means Vegas is a strong believer that they will not f- finish above 500 this year. Uh, so I'm curious, you, you, you said you like them. What's your thought process there? Well, it was announced yesterday that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be their quarterback. And I know we kind of had, I think we talked about it either last week or the week before about um, maybe Kenny Pickett would be the starter this year. I didn't think so. I, I just thought that Tomlin was going to go with the more experience. And he even said in a press conference when he announced it that he mentioned franchise quarterback for Mitchell Trubisky. I was kind of taken back by that. I was like, franchise quarterback but he <laughs> he he noted his accomplishments with Chicago and um what Must he did there man. yeah I think he's just hyping up his quarterback um but I think he made the right call by by starting Mitchell Trubisky I think he gives them the best chance to win right now and uh, you know like their offensive line isn't great so having a mobile quarterback is always good to have to to you know create plays with your legs you know and you know cornerbacks can only cover those receivers and then you talk about their receivers you know the chase claypool um whom uh deontay johnson and george yeah. pickens so uh the rookie and he uh played really well in preseason so and then you have Najee harris in the backfield so i just like their team overall better um their defense i don't really know about it. i know they have a good uh, uh front uh defensive front, but, um, I don't know about the back end, how good it's going to be, but, um, I do have a lot of confidence in Mike Tomlin. I mean, that team is always ready to play. They always end up winning, you know, big games, usually like on the road. Um, you know, it's just his leadership. Like they're always ready to play. And yeah, like they never, like the Steelers are very consistent. They're kind of like the younger brother of the Patriots back in their day. Like they didn't win championships, but they were consistent winners. Like they always would win. They never had like bad seasons. So I think, you know, depending on their quarterback play, if Mitchell Trubisky, like I'm not expecting a lot of big things from him, but if they, you know, start to take a slide a little bit, like I could see uh, Kenny Pickett picking up the slack at the end of the year, but I don't think that's going to be the case, like unless there's an injury. So I, um, I like the over on this. I like uh, Pittsburgh um, to win at least eight games this year. So those are my thoughts. I am hammering the under. And I know that's probably a very unpopular opinion, knowing they haven't finished with a losing record under Mike Tomlin in his 15 years there. But there are a number of reasons why. The offensive line you referenced, which is not good, it's worse than not good. It's atrocious. And did they go out and address it? Not whatsoever. They literally did not improve it whatsoever. In fact, it got worse. Um, So as good as Najee Harris is, He's going to be running for his life half of the time, like he did a lot of the time last year. Um, And even though last season they had Ben Noodle for an arm Roethlisberger, who Mm -hmm. couldn't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field, he at least was still completing passes 5, 10 yards under, you know, within the line of scrimmage. Trubisky, I think, is going to turn the ball over quite a bit. I think Pittsburgh's going to turn it over more than they're accustomed to. And also, their secondary is really, really bad. They're bad on the back end. And because of Baltimore's inefficiencies and Cleveland failing late in the season last year, Pittsburgh finished second, which means they get the second place schedule. 
So not only do they have to play the Bucs, they'll lose. The Saints, I think they'll lose. The Bills, they'll lose. They'll lose to the Dolphins. But then also, and then within their division, obviously, I think the Bengals, they could easily both lose both of those games. The Ravens, they could easily lose both of those games. Cleveland is, who knows? They, they tend to split lately. Um, but then there are other three games, Colts, Raiders, Eagles, because they finished second. I don't think they're better than any of those teams. I think they lose all three of those games. I think Pittsburgh is looking at the worst season they've had since I was a child, I think they go five and 12, six and 11, maybe. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but when I look at that schedule, I mean, they open up, they get uh, at Cleveland, then they host the Jets. That's a nice winnable game. Listen to the, the rest after that at Buffalo against the Bucks, at Miami, at Philly, home to the Saints, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. They're going to be seven point underdogs in almost every one of those games. Like I could see this going topsy turvy real quick. They're two and six, one and seven out the gate, and then they turn to their rookie quarterback, which you know a rookie quarterback in the NFL, even with the lighter second half schedule, is still going to struggle at times. So I know it's a little uh, a little off putting to think that this team could finally be looking at a really bad season, but I think it has all the pieces needed for that to be this year. All right. Well, that's a sizzling hot take. If I've ever heard one before. Um, all right. Well, that's that's it for the uh, AFC North. Let's jump over to the AFC East, our last division before the season starts. We'll start with the betting favorite for Super Bowl winners, the Buffalo Bills. And their over-under is 11 and a half. And I love the over-easy for me. Do you really? Yeah. I mean... A lot of people do, I guess. They're minus 135, so the betting public agrees with you. Mm. Personally, I'm a little bit concerned. I think, you know, their defense for it ranking number one in the NFL last year in pass defense and total yards and in points allowed and all of that stuff, when it came down to it and they played a good offense, I mean, Patrick Mahomes walked through that defense. Literally, he made it look easy all game long. Now, obviously, their offense did the same, and it went to overtime, and all you know, everybody remembers how that ended. But I think that defense is slightly overrated, and now they get a significantly more difficult schedule. And there are other three games: the Rant, they're at LA to start the season, at Kansas City, and then they are home to Tennessee as the other three. Um, they did get a little lucky; they get to host Green Bay and Minnesota, the two difficult teams from the NFC North. So I think at worst, they probably split one of those two. But, you know, Tr uh, Tredavious White, he's out for the first month of the season. Gabriel Davis, everybody talks about, oh, my goodness, he's going to have this huge breakout year. I mean, it was basically one game. It was one insane game against an awful secondary in Kansas City that no one wants to admit. Um, and I got to see more from him to believe that he's a baller. So, like, there's a lot of question marks. I think they're clearly the class of this division. Uh, but to say that they're for sure going to go 12 and five is, is tough. They're talented enough, no doubt, but this is another one because of the questions I'm going to stay away. Um, they also added Von Miller. So let's not forget about him. He's definitely going to help their pass rush That's and, they're, That's and they're, they're one of the hardest teams to beat on their home turf. Buffalo is one of the hardest places to win, except like, unless you're Tom Brady, but they're one of the hardest places uh, to, Especially uh, in winter when the weather. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So based on the schedule, you said so they play the Ram at the Rams, which I think they're going to go in tomorrow and win. Um, 
and they're at KC. KC got worse, so I think they're going to go in there and win that game. And then they play the Tennessee Titans, where they're going to mop up on Tennessee. And then they host Green Bay, who I don't not a huge believer in Green Bay this year. They got worse. And then and Minnesota, which I think are very beatable. I think they can win every one of those games. So, like, I know they have a harder schedule, but the teams that they are playing are they did not get better. They got worse. You know, Kansas City's not going to be as good. Green Bay is not going to be as good. You know, people were picking, like I saw today, like Green Bay to win the division, who I don't think they're going to win the division. I think Minnesota is going to win the division. I'm going to stand by that. I think they're a more talented team all like altogether. And they're picking Aaron Rodgers to win MVP again. <laughs> no, dude, no, no. Um, and I'm a big believer in Gabriel Davis. They just re-signed his, his buddy, Dawson Knox, who's very good, but he has a lot of health issues. He can't stay on the field. But when he is, he's very, very good. And then, you know, he's got Stephon Diggs as well. So I think Buffalo is going to have one of the best offenses in the league. And I'm absolutely hammering the over. I am very confident that Buffalo will be there at the end. I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl, but I think they will be there in the AFC Championship game for sure. And uh, who knows? Like, they're my pick to win it all. So that's hey, what I would do. I mean, you're not alone. They're obviously, they're the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl for a reason. Yep. Um, so, I'm, I mean, you certainly have a strong feeling about them. All right. Well, with them ascending, next up is another team that is, I, I believe, you know, the, the betting public believes is ascending, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Their line's at eight and a half. Again, the over. People really like the over. you got to lay 135 if you're going to go that way. Um, obviously, their schedule is a little bit lighter since they finished third last year. They get the Texans and they get the Niners, um, which, you know, the Niners are kind of all over the place. Who knows what they're going to get with Trey Lance now that he's concerned about Jimmy Garoppolo being re-signed. I mean, that's a whole other deal, yep. uh, which I'm sure you have a whole whole bunch of, you know, take on that. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious on your thoughts because this team on paper is extremely talented, but they have an unproven head coach and an unproven quarterback. And you could argue those are the two most important elements in, in the NFL today. So where, where do you land on this? You know, out of the, the two teams that I think we've, that I've um, working on the Rich Eisen show that we've discussed over and over again, and there's a lot of hype behind these teams, but there's just a lot of like uncertainty of how it's going to work is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. Um, eight and a half. I think I feel pretty comfortable that they're going to cover that just based on watching and, um, just, uh, seeing Mike McDaniel's offense, um, and then adding a player like Tyree kill, he's going to create, he's going to make it very easy for Tua. Like he's going to take his shots down the field, but you know, like don't expect like Tyree kill to have like bombs, like Patrick Mahomes, like he's going to take his shots, but I think they're going to get Tyreek in space. He's going to get very creative with cross, you know, quick crossing routes and get him the ball in space, which you should do with Tyree Kill and not just use him as a deep threat. Because yep. when he gets the ball in space, he is ridiculously fast and quick. So I think Mike McDaniel, I I think a lot of people are going to um, really be surprised at how good of a play caller he is in his first year. I, I think he's going to do really well. I think they're going to keep things simple for Tua. But, you know, this offense is going to go as far as Tua takes them. And I don't know, you know, you, you know, like they added, they added some players um, in the backfield with Chase, you know, like they have Ch added Chase Edmonds, uh, Raheem Moster, who's very, very good, but he has health issues. But when he's healthy, he's great. But the last couple of years, he's he's been banged up. So I think Mike McDaniel probably knows that he's just going to make things simple for Tua offensively. 
And then when the shots are there, take it. But it all depends on him. I mean, two has been in the league how many years now? Is this his third, fourth year? Yeah, I believe it's his fourth. Okay. And, and he hasn't really like lit the team on fire. He yeah, hasn't no, lit the team he, on he fire. He has a lot to prove. Right. Um, but I believe there's a misnomer out, out there about him. Most people, I, I hear people say this all the time that, you know, he can complete, you know, check downs and short to intermediate passes, but he's not accurate deep. He actually led the NFL in completion percentage in passes with 30 or more air yards last year. Now, no one talks about it because he didn't throw it very deep very often. Um, and he was working with the personnel that he had, and he didn't have a guy that was going to stretch the field. Now right. you add the receiver that stretches the field better than anyone in the league, and that's only should only open things up even more for Jalen Waddell underneath as well, who's mm-hmm. also fast and also quick. And Raheem Moster, which Mike McDaniel is very familiar with, he was his back in San Francisco. Um, he's a very solid runner, great downhill runner, has really good top end speed, yep. but like I said, gets banged up quite a bit. He missed basically all of last season when he got hurt in week one. Chase Edmonds, though, can do a little bit of everything. I think he showed last year that he can run between the tackles, he can run outside, and he's really good out of the backfield. Um, so I love this offense as a whole. They also added all pro offensive offensive lineman Teron Armstead from New Orleans. No one's really talking about that, but that's mm-hmm. a big addition to what was a questionable offensive line. And so I think they upgraded in so many different places. And the defense already was quietly like eighth in the NFL last year. And we mm-hmm. saw what they did to a couple really good offenses. Like that defense is legit. And that yep. secondary is really, really good. Really good. So I don't see much of a reason. I know that because it's the Dolphins, people are uh, you know hesitant, and you actually get plus one fifteen if you if you take the over. But I'm with you. I, I, I'm bullish on it. I like the Dolphins. The AFC. It'll be difficult for them to earn a playoff spot. But I think nine and eight is the worst they do. I could see them even going ten yep. and seven this year. Yep, agreed. Uh, all right, so let's jump up over to your team, and I'm gonna let you start with it. Over and under for the New England Patriots, eight and a half. Uh, Bill Belichick is looking at, uh, the worst season that he has seen in a number of years. I am totally out on the Patriots Hmm. for years. Tom Brady was able to mask the fact that there was no talent at the skill position level for the offense and he's gone and Mac Jones and the offense, which has struggled in, in camp and everyone has talked about it, uh, I just don't see how they're going to move the football that you can't just line up and run the ball 50 times every game. Like that one game against the bills, that was a yeah. fun gimmicky game where you literally yeah. pass it like three times. And it was free. You're going to have to actually throw the ball. And I don't think that they have enough weapons to be able to do that efficiently. And unlike last year where the defense was really, really good. It was one of the best in the league. You lost J.C. Jackson. You lost Dante Hightower. There's no depth in the secondary whatsoever. I think the Patriots are going 5-12. and 12. They're, they're looking at a really, really rough season. And because they finished second, they get the Colts at the Raiders and at Arizona as their other three. They'll definitely lose both games to the Bills after what happened in the playoff game. I think we all know the Bills know they're the big brother now in this division. Um, so I think that's two losses. They always struggle in Miami. I expect them to lose on Sunday in Miami. Like they usually do. They're two and seven, the last nine years down there. Um, so 
you take that all into account. Then they're playing the AFC North. I mean, maybe they beat the Steelers, but I could easily see them losing the other three games. Um, so I don't see where in the world there's nine wins on this schedule, not with that roster. Yeah. I mean, you basically said it all. And, you know, like you look at Mac Jones's offensive weapons. You got Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, and Kendrick Bourne. And then you have what, a, a wide receiver three, a wide receiver three, and a wide receiver four. Yeah. And then you have Damian Harris, who had a great year last year. But can you really expect that? And then you have Stevenson as well. Um, well, and, so- and Ramondre, they, they talked a lot about in camp because James White retired that Ramondre Stevenson is taking over the pass catching duties and he's done a good job of learning routes and how mm-hmm. to catch passes. But if you've watched him play in knowing the type of offense that the Patriots generally run, you know, they've always had flashy scat backs in the backfield yeah. like James White. Ramondre right. Stevenson is not that. He might be able to catch a ball physically, but he's not making guys miss when he catches it out in the flat. And that's part of what has driven that offense for so many years. I mean, maybe the new offensive scheme under defensive coordinator Matt Patricia is going to change the game plan and how they yeah. run an offense. But I, there's just so many reasons to hammer the under on yep. this. The Patriots are not winning nine games. Yep. I, if there's any team in the NFL I'm confident in, it is that. Yep, me too. And that's my um, team. I know. Uh, last team now in the division is the New York Jets, who said today um, Joe Flacco will be starting probably at least the first four weeks of the season. Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson, uh, is he was a little agitated. He didn't want to talk about it because he was probably upset um, about uh, the news. But yeah, Zach Wilson will not be available until week four at the earliest against Pittsburgh. Their over-under is five and a half. Uh, oh, the Jets. Um, you know what? Ju- you know what Jets stands for, right? No. Just end the season. <laughs> Perfect. Because that's pretty much how the Jets feel by like week uh, three every year. And now yeah. with the news on Zach Wilson, that's probably how they feel right now. The season hasn't begun and it's already over. Well, everyone was crowning them after the draft when they had such a great draft, and now look at them. It's like. All Jets fans are probably depressed. They're like, oh, it's like no. But even when Zach Wilson comes back, I mean, are you are you expecting like huge things? Like he has, I mean, like he's shown some flashes out there, but I don't know. The um, defense is still a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they they got better at corner. Sauce Gardner is going to start week mm-hmm. one, and and should certainly be an upgrade from anything that they've had. But there are so many holes on that defense, and then offensively, I know they love Brees Hall, but they they must not love him too much because they announced that Michael Carter is still starting week one. Right. Um, And no, albeit Carter was pretty good last year. And I do like the tandem of Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. I think Garrett Wilson is probably going to turn into a pretty decent wide receiver, even though personally I like Chris Olave more coming out of Ohio Mm -hmm. state, but I think Wilson is a good receiver and more showed some flash last year. But if you don't have a quarterback, I mean, they got, you know, stone shoes, Joe Flacco back there for mm-hmm. at least the first month. Um, and you look at the schedule, having to go to Denver, they get the Jags who are much improved, and Seattle. That's their easy part of their schedule. And then the NFC teams, they have to go to Green Bay and to Minnesota. Those are both definitely losses. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, when I look, I don't see six ones in the schedule. Do you? No. 
but this is kind of like one of those things that's like, who knows? I mean, like they might at the end of the year win a game or two that they shouldn't and then just hit six, like right at the last second. That's what I'm afraid of. So, you know, like with something like this, you like the under, I'm just staying away because I don't, I don't know. Like I would be afraid to take the under and then they win some dumb game at the end of the year for, you know, excitement for going into the off season. And then they hit that six mark and you're like, oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not nearly as bullish on their under as I am New England for sure. Right. Um, but if I was going to go one way, I'd definitely take the under and you actually get plus 125 on it right now. So I think like Vegas hasn't properly reflected the Zach Wilson news yet. So you can get better odds right now right. if you go with that under because eventually that's going to start to sway a little bit. All right. Um, all right. Kendall's Corner. I know we had touched at the top of the show about um, tomorrow night's game between the Bills and the Rams. And you got some uh, some good stuff for us. So go right ahead and let us know. So a couple things that stood out to me when I was looking at the lines for week one, which starting next week, we're, we're going to be touching on all the weekly lines or, you know, the, the key ones that we feel really strongly about. And when I looked at the lines for this week, the Bills on the road are two and a half point favorites at the defending Super Bowl champs. And, you know, all the talk all offseason has been about the Bills, really, and, and how much better they are. And, and Vaughn Miller adds a whole nother element to their defense, which, you know, I think he does. But we have to keep in mind, he's getting long in the tooth also. And and he didn't really have a huge uh, season. It didn't really come on until the end of the year last year. Um, But some interesting tidbits that I came across when I was researching that game, the bills were 0 and six in one score games last year. Meanwhile, the Rams were seven and one. So when the game is close, I think we know that the Rams know how to win those games. The bills know how to lose those games. Um, There's also going to be, a ton of emotion. The Rams, it's their home opener. It's a season opener. They're unveiling the championship banner. The, the place is going to be going crazy. Now, I know there's going to be plenty of Bills fans. There's, I think, uh, thousands and thousands of cans of Labatt Blue. There was an article about it that are being shipped into L.A. for all the Bills fans, which is hilarious. Um, but not often in the Super Bowl era, since they started playing the home openers on Thursdays, do we see a team like the Rams in this situation lose. The defending Super Bowl champs on the Thursday home opener are 14 and three. And you can get two and a half points if you're the Rams. So I like the Rams in what should be an incredibly enter, you know, entertaining game that goes back and forth. And it should be close late. I think that favors the home team, that favors Matthew Stafford, who showed last year that he knows how to come up big in big moments. Um, so that's one thing that I really like heading into this week. And also, my lock of the week. It's a teaser, and it is money in the bank. The Colts and the Ravens, if you look at this week's schedule, there's not too many games that you know who are going to win. Um, you know, even the Niners at the Bears is a little tricky, especially with everything that's going on with Trey Lance and seven. everything. It's minus seven, I believe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And But if you tease the Colts game and the Ravens, both lines are currently at seven and a half. You can cut those lines to one and a half, which is basically – just win the game. Are the Colts going to beat the Texans? Yes, they are. Are the Ravens going to beat the Jets with Joe Flacco? Yes, they are. I mean, maybe there's a tiny chance that one of them only win by one point and then you didn't cover. But I feel really, really strongly that both teams win those games by more than one point. And right now, if you tease those two, you'll almost get even money. You could lay 100 bucks to get about 80 bucks back. To me, that's a free $80. Go get your money. All right. I love it. 
I love that parlay. That's great, man. I might do that. Um, okay, so I'm not going to put you on the spot, but football does start tomorrow. So I think it's, you know, good for us to pick Super Bowl teams and the winner. And my team is the Bills for the AFC and the Bucks for the NFC. And the Bills do it and they win the whole thing and Tom Brady retires. So I'm taking the Bills to win it all. You got Okay. Um, I, w- I should have been expecting this, but I wasn't. <laughs> um, but I wrote about this for Clutch Points a few months ago uh, when they made this move in the offseason. Um, but I love the Denver Broncos this year. And I think of all the teams in that division, they're the most talented top to bottom. And adding Russell Wilson is going to make such a huge difference for that offense. Um, so I, I like the Broncos to come out of the AFC. And out of the NFC, I think I like the Rams to go back. And I know how difficult it is to go back to back, but I feel like there's so many reasons to like their chances. For one, they're in the significantly weaker conference. So even their schedule is difficult as a division champ. It's not as difficult as it normally is. The Packers are worse. The Cowboys are significantly worse. Um, and, And that talent the talent that they have. And I think Allen Robinson was a big addition. I think OBJ is going to sign in November when he's healthy. Um, Cam Akers is healthy. So that offense and defense should be solid again. So I like the Rams to go back, but I like the Broncos to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And uh, Russell Wilson finally earns his due. Cause I think a lot of people gave too much credit to, to the Seahawks Legion of boom and not enough to him over the years. Agreed. Totally agreed. And and it might come down to the Bills and the uh, Broncos in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, so, I mean, man. if I had to pick an AFC title game, that's probably what I would assume it would be. And I'm going to say it's in Buffalo because they don't have to go through the gauntlet of the AFC West. Right. And I can't think of a uh, a heart, you know, like a guy that can go into an environment like that and win than a player like Russell Wilson. Yep. Seriously. Yeah, he's never intimidated. Yeah. All right. So All right, uh, last thing, uh, I know – you, you were hoping that we were going to touch on this, and I think we probably should. In the NBA this week, there was a massive trade once again. I feel like every yep. month we get another massive trade, and this time it's Donovan Mitchell heading to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, for a laundry list of talent and picks. They got Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton, who was a part of a sign-in trade, so they got him locked up for four years. Uh, they got the rookie Ochai Baji from Kansas, who helped carry his team to a national title last year. Three first-round picks in 2025, 2027, and 2029, and then two pick swaps as well. So it's quite the haul. Utah is staring at, I think, 14 first-round picks over the next six years. It's pretty incredible what they've been able to accrue. And meanwhile, Cleveland now has you know, a pretty formidable punch of a roster. So I'm curious where you land on this trade. When I first saw it and I saw uh, Woj tweet out that he's being traded to Cleveland, I was like, what? It was so bizarre. I, I it just it, like it wasn't talked about. And I was just like, um, my first thoughts are people were like going crazy about how good it was. And, and you know, like well, they are, uh, for Cleveland and, you know, like Utah is basically going to control Cleveland's next five drafts, basically. So um, so they got a good haul. I mean, Laurie Markkinen's a good player, and Colin Sexton, I mean, he was out last year, but he's a good player. Um, um, as good as Donovan Mitchell is, I think he will fit nicely with um, Darius Garland. And yep. uh, 
and they didn't really have to like split up, you know, like with, you know, they have Mobley and they have Jared Allen. So they, and they also have their small forward. I can't think of his name. Yeah. The, I can't, um, defensive guy. guy. Also. Everyone's under yeah. 25 and they're starting. Yeah. So I think that, um, it's good for Cleveland, but I think, uh, you know, like I would pump the brakes cause people are like, you know, and we even had a conversation that like, you know, they might be in the top four in the East. And then I started looking at the teams in the East and I'm like, okay, well, I don't think they're better. Actually, I'm going to bring up real quick who the standings really quick, because I want to get this. Um, well, Miami get this. was the one seed. Boston was the two. Right. Milwaukee was the three. Uh, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Raptors. The Sixers were the four. The Raptors, Raptors the Bulls, the, the Nets. And then you and I, like, and then we got to the Nets. And then you and I were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because you think that the Cavs are going to be better than the Nets with their roster. That is correct. And I 100% disagree with that. I'm willing to do a side bet on that with Kevin Durant, Kyrie coming back. I don't even care with the turmoil like that they might have next season, even with Ben Simmons. I don't think that Cleveland is going to be better than Nets. I think I think that the the Cavs are maybe sixth best in the in the East. I think they finish fourth. I think they fi- finish behind Boston, Miami, and Milwaukee. Um, so they're better than the Boston. Sixers too. I don't think they're better, but I think they might finish with a better record. Hmm. Um, I think the division that they play in, which makes you know, more games against worse teams. I don't like the central division as much. I think Chicago takes a big step back. I don't think Miami's as good as they were. Um, and yeah, I'm not a believer in Brooklyn. Their roster outside, they're top heavy. This is the new NBA. It's not about just put a couple stars together and you win titles anymore. You need depth. You look at the Golden State Warriors. Like they had so many good players that were contributing throughout the year. And like their bench next year and the year after are going to be stars for years. The Boston Celtics went eight deep. Uh, Miami had role players that were productive. I mean, and now you look at Cleveland, and they have a number of really, really good players. And people forget that defensively, they were one of the best teams in the league. Jarrett Allen is one of the best shot blockers in the league, one of the better rebounders in the league, and no one talks about him. He was finally an all-star last year. Yeah, and that was like a steel trade. Like they got yes. him for like nothing. Yes. He's yeah. he was carrying my dynasty team in, in fantasy basketball. Like and I traded him to try to win a title and finish second. I'm bitter about that. But uh but yeah, I mean, I love the talent on that team. And, and even though they shed a little bit of the depth, uh Mark and if if you look the last couple of years, he went from a great second year to kind of falling off the last couple of years. Uh Sexton, I do think is legit. He went 16 a game, 20 a game, 24 a game his first three years. So like clearly we saw what he was going to turn into until he got hurt last year. So I think that's the, the the key piece they got back. But when you look at the picks that they got, I mean, I don't see Cleveland being terrible in a few years. Yeah. So to me, those picks that they gave up are the 25th pick, the 28th pick, 22nd pick. And mm-hmm. I'm giving up three in the mid 20s. And then pick swaps that won't get used because Utah will be worse than them those years anyway. So they're meaningless. You could just throw those out the window. I don't see a ton of value in the first round picks. So really it was just for Sexton and the hope that Agbaji will turn into something, which he might. Yeah. Um, So I I like the trade for Cleveland. I do think that it makes them much better. Um, And it's the pairing of Garland and 
in Mitchell now is such a solid backcourt to go with one of the better front courts in the league. I like this team a lot. I don't think they'll go deep in the playoffs, but I do think that they get a four seed. They maybe win a first round series and show that Cleveland's they're, they're legit. Well, like I heard people on Twitter think then that they're going to like compete to win the East. And I'm like, God, yeah, no, they, you like, need to have a bench. They shed their entire bench. I don't see I mean, how, I mean, their second unit, I don't even know. Has anyone heard of any of the players in their second no, unit? No. I mean, and they have to play minutes. Your starters can't play 48. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They have a good starting five, but w- where's the rest of the team? Yeah. You know, like you and I think that's what will hurt them over the long run. Yeah. So, I mean, good for Cleveland, happy for Cleveland fans that you're able to get to land a player like Donovan Mitchell. And you had said, and we had talked before that um, probably like a couple months ago, I was like, I don't think I was like, I think they're going to trade, you know, like Rudy Gobert and keep Donovan Mitchell. You're like, no way. They're blowing this. They are blowing this up. And I'm like, no, come on. It's Donovan Mitchell. He's young. And you're like, no, they're going to blow it up. It's Danny Ainge. Yep. As soon as like he went over there and the writing was on the wall that at least Gobert was gone, what's the point of half-assing it? You know, right. and knowing Danny Ainge and him protecting and valuing picks, you know, it made sense. Now, what I think they should do is pair, because they have 14 first-rounders over the next five or six years, pair some of those that are in the teens and 20s and move up to get a player that actually can contribute. Because in the right. NBA draft, guys drafted in the 20s and beyond – nine times out of 10 are role players at best. Yep. Yep. So, well, I definitely like that trade better than I like the Rudy Gobert trade. I didn't like how much they had to give up for that. That was, Ooh, that was. Oh, that Minnesota. Was yes. Yes. That, the five first round. Because, that, yeah. because, because Donovan Mitchell is a player that could score 30 plus 40. I mean, like Rudy Gobert is gonna, I mean, he's such an offensive liability. Yeah, he could get you maybe 15 points, 20 points in a game with like 16 rebounds, five blocks. Okay, well, Donovan Mitchell could score 28 like out of like, you know, over the course of like 12 games, just like 28, 24, 32, you know, like you're not going to get that from Rudy Gobert. It's just different players. So anyways, but um, so that's our take on that. But uh, so excited. Football is back tomorrow. Uh, I want to hear all about your game, man. Uh, I'll be watching it from home, but I'll be thinking about you. Um, but let's get this season started. And on Monday, we will break down the games and we will talk about the Lions in the, for week two. So I can't wait, man. Uh, it was great talking to you again. Love talking football with you, man. And, As always. Uh, let's get this season started. Let's go football. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.